0: So this is the last day of our group practice in terms of um, meditation and sitting, not doing very much Mostly the internal emphasis on that know naturally what mind can do when we come to things like last day or we see a shift in the in the calendar coming up is to jump into the future and start preparing for it. I'd be cautious about that. Um, probably much more useful to, if we want to consider this the last day which in some ways it is, like a harvest just really gathering and cleaning and winnowing and and polishing and uh, lingering in what's been good, skillful. So this is much more the uh, uh, approach that the Buddha um, encouraged in terms of awakening, is to bring up the skillful, recollect it, uh, get a feeling for it, notice what the mind was doing with that, how it was in that state, you know, linger in it until it begins to you bring attention and awareness into a mental state, it begins to amplify an a sense of feeling uplifted and fulfilled more in the present by the quality of that mind state. So it's not searching for something in the future to feel completed by or fulfilled by or how will we frame it, but really feeling more fulfilled in the present. Because actually this is the only place we're ever going to feel fulfilled. <laughs> Obviously okay. enough. Although the mental habit is very strong to, you know, get on to the next bit. So Pumodja. Pomogia mm. um, gladness. Mm. And this is to do with uh, moderating ones. Chaitana, volitional tendencies, which uh, often in our worldly training, our worldly uh, um, conditioning, intention is always to move forward Mm. to the next thing. Chaitana, volitional quality, Mm. to to complete or to add to. There's a certain uh, ragged, and uh, impetuous quality to that that surges and rushes through the nervous system and you know, mind's, the thinking mind starts scurrying and we feel perhaps tension in the body or we don't even feel the body very much at all we speedy up speeding or we come to a place where we feel uh, desperate or unhappy or stuck. I think we have big obstacles or life's us with more difficulties. Imagine the difficulties we're going to be coming up against as we come from this period into something else. I think it's kind of stuck. Wheel spin state. It's not going forward, but it's not steady, it's just spinning and not settling. Encouragement uh, is uh, for Pomodja gladdening and then The mind being made uh, quiet and stilled, settled, Mm. samadhyati, composed, collected, brought to singleness, ikodibhava. Mm. Singleness in terms of intention, so it's not this, that, this, that, this, that, rushing into four different directions, backwards and forwards, and planning, but just steady, Single quality of intention. Mm. It's just steadying, fulfilling, lingering, deepening. Mm. And this way we, we store up. Mm. So apart from just any, any other benefits, we can recognise the quality of a collected storing up mind, storing up, bringing up the goodness and then storing it, lingering in harvesting it you know, soaking it up jhana to soak up to absorb in it is that you build up some you charge your batteries or you build up some fat to take you through the leaner periods when you've got to do more stuff that's taking you out and it should never be neglected because there's always going to be more things to do on a conditioned level, so really to use this time to to uh, store charge yeah. like a solar panel, you put it in the sun and you let it charge up your power packs <laughs> and if you cultivate like this it's it's uh, uh very regenerative, your body feels more comfortable, yeah the tensions and the stressing subside and then you recognise a lot of the mental planning we do and are based upon the stress, feeling stress, therefore one starts getting agitated to figure out how way to get out of it. So things will be okay in the future. But that <laughs> that is stress. You can't use stress to get out of stress. Yeah. But if you cultivate their uh, qualities of non-stressing, then the stressful topics tend to subside. You know, we'll see what happens when that comes up, and be possible that, and uh, just right now we're here. So we're looking very directly. This is a discipline. The world of concepts and virtual realities has got a huge uh, grip on our minds, because that's the way that the world works, that's the way we work. Mm. And so, beginning to translate the virtual realities of places and people and events into this is agitation right now. Mm. Mm. and have uh, some confidence that if you do uh, store and restore and and freshen up the mind it will be in the best state it can be to deal with what arises and if you cultivate fully then you store up your your reserves in terms of energy you store up your reserves in terms of know-how put some effort, some time into carefully Studying uh, training rules, precepts, uh, protocols, chanting. So you're ready, you've got your kit, both in terms of your personal resources and also the kind of resources you need for community life. And you keep brushing, cleaning, polishing those as a, as a duty. Just like we tidy the monastery or bathe our bodies, we rehearse our samana dhammas or our duties as a part of. Practice so that they become established. You know what to do. You know it's pretty much you got you got the uh, the tools mm. how to look after each other, how to conduct business, how to you know find yourself feeling in disagreement and not getting forceful and angry about it. We're just okay. We're not in agreement right now. Let's mm. just pause and I mean, see how we can find a way through this rather than how I can beat you down. <laughs> or just shut you off, you know. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, so there's a lot of uh, time to the ideas to use at these times. So Meditation on breathing, or whatever your meditation topic is, also times when we just reverse, rehearse our chanting, re- revise those quality, those things, so that you're really feeling you've got the uh, the skills there that's necessary, all your duties as a you know a guest monk or a work nun or something, you know, these are the pieces that are just in place and. Uh, And certainly as we go from this, the primary uh, thing to to revise and rehearse is just on relationships with with other members of the community. Mm -hmm. Are we on the same wavelength? Is there misunderstanding? Is there places that people are not getting, not picking up, careless or forgetful about their duties? And how does one bring that across? And reminding each other. Because it's, it's... that's the way it goes, you know, the mind drops things. Mm. But during this time, it's, um, everything really is hinges around attention, ad intention and contact, intention, volitional quality, the urge, the, the impulse, that uh, and chetana, and attention, manasikara, the, the focusing, that which holds something in a focus, contact. That which which you get the immediate hit. What things mean to you. What things mean in a felt sense. This means desirable. This means fearful. This means pointless. This means um, urgent. You know those triggers. And then intention, attention. This is really where your mind rests. Chitta rests held in those three. So now. Dhamma meditation practice, the aim is to rehearse and revise those three. So first of all, contact. You make contact with skillful mental states. So we might recognize during our, our practice over, we've been together for at least three months, all of us, at least some of us much more than that. We might take three months and recollecting, you all put effort in. You've all done skillful things. We've all done something skillful, worthy, fruitful, friendly, attentive, recollect the quality of that, Mm. you know, how the mind was when it was not, when it was capable, pliable, warm, attentive, able to do, you know, not mesmerised, not preoccupied, but available, How was that, and whatever it, whenever it was but just noticing there was that Uh, and just picking up that quality the sign of the skillful I was able to let go of a few things good we've all done that I'm sure Hmm. how would that feel and that Free openness that comes when you let go, drop something. I'm sure you've all been able and capable of picking up something. Okay, let's get on with it, and I'll do this. Perhaps I didn't even particularly want to do it, but I did. Changed my mind, okay, that's what I was asked, I'll do that, that helpful, bright quality. Times we were patient, just bear with something. That impulse to react. Faint, fight, flight, fudge. And patient. You feel that, you know? The impatience running over you, pushing you, prickling you. You Just bear with it. So instead of uh, whatever, the, whatever triggered those qualities, just noticing that um, one's mind making contact with when it, skillful volition arose. And it was skillful. Why was it skillful? Well, the energy of it was probably steady, collected. You were fully with it. It was harmonious. It wasn't conflicting with your bodily state or your heart state. It wasn't causing conflict with others. It was non-conflicting. And it carried signs of clarity, warmth, generosity, perseverance. So you're able to contemplate intention both in terms of its its energy, its whether it's speedy or steady, whether it's composed or dithering, ragged, and whether it's going to skillful places for yourself and for the welfare of others. It's always helpful that even if the other is a, is a tree or a frog, you know, almost not dismissing it or squashing it or just, Or towards those requisites, one was not careless, one was careful, kept them tidy, clean, appropriately held. And so there's a certain joy one can get in skillful uh, intention, skillful volition. And that's the idea of it. Attention. What was different kinds of attention? The attention when your attention is grabbed, which you don't want. Because when attention is grabbed it already has a uh, hypnotized compulsive tanha in it, some kind or another. But when attention is not grabbed but deliberately turned, so you're in charge of it, you turn your attention to this, mm. you turn your attention to the task in mind, and this is correct it, attention, one can deliberate and consider in that way and this is this kind of attention, proper attention, donisomnisikara, systematic intention, careful attention, attention that um, it brings up whole, whole states, wholesome states. And so whether we're making robes, sweeping the, sweeping the path, cooking the food, wholesome, just attention. And it's easy for, to get attention grabbed because you've done this, you've got a plan, you've done this every day so you know what you're doing or you've got to get it done by six or seven or whatever and then just linger, pause, stop. Because in that, in that grab, you're grabbed and uh, that, that cannot be helpful in what we're doing it doesn't take that long to change it no. probably sometimes 10 seconds just to stop recollect what you're doing how you're doing it where your mind's at are you grounded are you steady Okay. And then you determine to attend and in that process 10 seconds 30 seconds a minute you kind of shake off the unskillful factors of worry, uh, resistance, um, irritation, or compulsive uh, urgency. And just cultivate skillful attention, holds things. So you're not this narrow-minded, peering down a microscope kind of attention. Attention is able to flex. Taking the bigger picture to deliberate, to reflect, to question. How's this? This is the only somni sikara. Uh, contact. You make contact with what's bright uh, in your heart. And so these are factors that you know, lead into uh, meditation and should be sustained in meditation and then they sustained and refreshed, strengthened, then they can lead out of meditation into one's other activities. So this is the way that one finds a kind of harmonious lifestyle. And that harmony then acts as a definite sign that you can acknowledge because something's disturbing it now. Something I'm either skipping over or not noticing or bothered by, irritated by what's happening the sign of harmony is something one can get a sense of in the heart and this is the see before we really start focusing on, on anything else it's to get these qualities present so in the in the Buddha's Awakening said, you know, when I had done this recollections and tuning myself, then the mind was quiet and settled, brought to singularity, samadhyati, concentrated or composed, then I directed it towards, you know, whatever your meditation object is. And in the jhana, whereby the quality of the meditation object becomes the sole preoccupation. I'm still keeping those factors of careful attention, deliberation, vitaka, vichara, and the qualities of pity and sukha that's a sense of uplifted energy, happy, uplifted energy, and collected, contented ease. These are the factors that the uh, Buddha mentioned. Mm. This is, uh, so this first, these are the factors of jhana, first jhana. And of course, this, this particular area uh, has been reviewed. People have things like commentaries talk about kanika, which is momentary access and absorption. And Maybe these are just different ways of how long the tendency to linger is but I would think that uh, certainly what they call access or the sense of really having that, those qualities is a pretty available footing, whether you go deeper or just stay at that level, what they call the access, just to start considering and reviewing is always a good uh, base, a good foundation to review one's ways of thinking and attitudes and plans and so forth. You just Because you're kind of contemplating looking through a, a window at it, you're not really in it, but at the same time you're not away from it, you're just sort of looking at it through a window or there it is, it's no longer got the gripping pull. It doesn't grab your attention, you can deliberately turn your attention. And you can sort of start to review and restructure uh, or get let go of irrelevant structures and memories and ambitions and so forth, grudges and disappointments. Yeah. And lingering in that, when you have a chance to, just to linger in that. I was, personally, I always find that uh, in due time, breathing is a very helpful um, topic for meditation, for this kind of process, because itself, uh, it's not just your, your mind doing stuff, but the body itself begins to offer its own uh, steady, rhythmic, uh, warm, easeful qualities, which is the natural body breathing naturally. See, so it's not just no longer just purely based upon mental state, but also based upon a bodily state. So you get a double helping, and the bodily state really boosts and amplifies and gives a firmer uh, foundation to to the to what might be otherwise just the mind state. So the big two begin to merge. Mm. So when we contemplate breathing, or oh, with that, the flow. The energy of it. Mm. So it also has a certain you know, chitana, you could say. It's not a mental volition, perhaps volition isn't quite the right word, but it's a sankara, kaya sankara, bodily conditioning, bodily formation. It certainly gives you the impression of the body, it runs through the body. So it can be ragged, uh, jagged, broken, uh, stuck just like the mind can and you smooth that out then the quality of the energetic quality of the chitana becomes apparent and you get a sense of a bright steady energy and then just lingering and widening your attention so it can fulfill your entire body this is the way the the Buddha described it And this, he never actually mentions any particular point to focus on in in the breathing, but um, but, the, uh, but certainly to move towards thoroughly sensitive to the entire body and insteading the bodily energy, bodily formation as a process. So, though one pointed ekagata is. Is referred to in many cases. Actually, this is somewhat. Uh, um, it's not. Buddha doesn't actually use that term To. with reference to mindfulness of breathing. So it's certainly not one point in terms of physical point, it could be certainly one point in terms of only having one intention in mind. Yeah. But it's not a pinpoint thing. It's a matter of the mind is only one source of occupation. It's in one place with one intention. To steady and to uh, dwell in and to learn from. So uh, often the meditator uh, can have the default attitude that They're there to to meditate and to try to work through their difficulties and arrive at a better state. And this is reasonable enough, but actually the process is whereby the meditator begins to recognise they're also here to learn, not just to determine and decide what's going to happen, but to receive. And maybe let the breathing, let the body work itself out. So there's a certain sense of, you know, bringing the receptive into it. It's rather like our attitudes towards nature, very often we like to create gardens and prune things and tidy things and spray things to make them better or... and actually over time you recognise the best thing is to do as little as possible <laughs> to it because nature's got its own wisdom, its own way of doing things and maybe we should learn from that. and change our expectations of what we expect nature to look like. Perhaps it's supposed to look rather, you know, not like a neatly manicured, tidied up piece of decoration, but something that's alive and uh, motley and diverse, but lively. And rather like this, our breathing is also has different rhythms and patterns in it. And if you just think of it just as a single column of air, that's much too bland, it's not like that's more like a stream of many subtle flexions and currents and warms and shifts. And you can go into any of those, but essentially you just hold the whole stream and it begins to settle into a stillness that at the same time is moving. It's like a fluid structure. Fluid structure, mm. because it's it's always it's there. It's repeating. It's holding you up, and yet it's not rigid. Mm. And this is just a very uh, happy or comfortable uh, bodily experience. That the mind when the body is happy and comfortable, the mind readily goes into it. And that was the Buddha's recipe for samadhi. You know, get the good mental state, you know, notice the, what your intention was like. It was open, it was clear, it was unbiased, it was not pushing, it was not reluctant. energy was steady. Okay, now with that, get your mental attitudes and intentions to you know linger in those properties. then you can apply that to your meditation practice, to your meditation object, and also let the meditation object speak to you, like, no, you're going too fast. Mm. No, I'm not I'm not a clock, I'm a, I'm a breath. <laughs> I don't go one, two, one, two, I just, you know, some of it's long, some of it's shorter. You know, learn from it. And then that the mind that's able to learn is, a happy mind a mind that's uh, got a receptive quality to it so we should always be someone who hasn't got all the answers doesn't have it all sorted out doesn't have a fixed system but always willing to learn and this is a great way to in fact to, to live with certain fundamental standards of intention, attention but we're open to learning, if we don't, if we think we know it all already, you know, <laughs> I don't know where that's going to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. But then if you're bodily ease is established, it, it changes the way you walk, changes your appetites, Got certain reflexive aspects that are not just mental, they're, they're almost physiological reflexes, jump reflexes, gobble re- reflexes, whereby you, you hurry into things and you, you snatch at things and you gobble things up, or you can't get going on anything, you're always dithering. Mm these kind of almost, you know, reflexes that are built in, or you you, you harden up, or forceful, and they're not just, they're they're almost pre-psychological, the way we're wired. Now these can change. But they don't change just through mental attention alone, they change through embodiment. We begin to, almost like certain nerves, and certain channels of energy begin to open up, where you can do things actually more, oh, like the whole system opens up and you get, yeah you you find you've got a different basis and your body has changed not the outer body, but the inner body And this inner body can become very, um, uh, just like the mind, it's described, flexible, pliable, um, light, fit. It's light. You walk light. Mm. As if the energies in the body, which we barely even noticed, uh, in worldly conditioning they get very are compacted because of the pressure and the urgencies. And you get certain areas go numb. You get a lot of intensity in the shoulders, in the chest, in the head. And other places kind of numb out or don't feel anything at all. So you you build up these blocks. And now, so and that kind of traps one's impression of what the body is so naturally we want to get out of it into our ideas and thoughts and plans because it's not a comfortable place to be if you make the body comfortable it's all of one quality You contemplate the property, the elements of the body and they're even so your chest feels like your back it's as much there, your back is as much there as your chest is, or your front is, the lower back is as much present as the shoulders. It's not just, you get so used to having an uneven body, but the um, body that is most beneficial, arrives through meditation, it's more like a, um, almost spherical, you can't really describe it, it has no fixed form. But it's, it's substance, is light. Light. And so, you know, so this really to the senses themselves, the sense input itself tends to impact the body to the skin surfaces or the sense doors, so they get highly activated. The energy collects around these, you get nodules and clogs around the sense doors. That intensify and In other parts you don't feel at all uh, so just imagine if we're dying how are we going to get out of that if we blocked up all the passages with these heavy clogged energies <laughs> but if the body becomes light like mist mind can slip out as the mist changes and fades you can just slip out, which is what of course the Buddha did even though his body in some ways was in miserable condition he was able to through his miserable, sick you know, colic or dysentery or whatever he had slip out into these uh, bright mental states we could describe jhanas and he could just do that because there was nothing holding him back in the body, not just as a mental attitude. When you come to your deathbed, it's, your attitudes aren't going to be that helpful. <laughs> uh, you know, you have to uh, build the body you want to die with. <laughs> and it takes takes a lifetime. Well, it can take a lifetime to build the body you want to die with. Mm. And you can change it. Mm. But if you don't, you'll get the body the world decides what it's going to be like. It'll be a body created by the world. With all that pressure and intensity and tightness and you know, slackness, well, it won't be energised. And that's what the... So you, you know, you either create your own or the world will create it for you. And it's the same with your mind. If you don't create your own mental aramana, that aramana becomes the arama, you're abiding, if you don't do it, the world will do it for you. Absolutely. So <laughs> And where does that go? You know It goes basically between the bank and the shops, doesn't it? <laughs> that kind of thing. And, uh, so what happens when they close down, you know? When you're not? What happens when the future goes, there's no future. When the senses fade out, it's really important to uh, use the time to uh, enter this domain while we have a precious opportunity to do so. Because the world breathes on your neck like a wild animal, just ha- very happy to, to grab you, and you almost ask for it. Something is always asks for it. We don't think we're asking for it, but we get so mesmerized by the pull of it and the misery of it and the pressure of it and the urgency of it and the delight of it. And, you know, just, you know, this is there's a way out of that in this very body and mind. So just, you know and it begins just by acknowledging we're not stupid, we're not depraved. There is a. We all do good and attune and determine and linger in those states and make much of them and notice when one has lost that. What took you out of that? What caught you? What. Ah, oh, there's, there's your trap. Unplug it. This is a good way to, to uh, cultivate regular um, meditation that's both happy in itself or comfortable in itself and also you know, working out conditions, worldly conditions, conditions you want to live by. So we have another day or so to uh, remind ourselves and boost up our reserves in this so that we can go Onwards with more purpose and confidence.